Happy New Year, Mr. Jetter of Sets. Thank you. Happy New Year to you. It is 2021. Uh, we're off to a new year, the, the end of 2020. Has anything changed for you? Everything has completely changed in the past 12 hours. It's unbelievable. Right. It's amazing. It, it, I And I don't try to be negative, but whenever I see like, screw you, 2020, I'm like, yeah, all those problems are still here today. It's like the U2 song. Nothing changes on New Year's Day. So that, that that's an honest New Year's song. It is. Yeah, maybe that should be our, the, the anthem for 2021. Right. All is quiet. You, uh, welcome to the show. You're listening to the podcast on Set Jetter Saturdays. New Year's Day show with Robert Patterson, the author, uh, blogger of the website set-jetter.com. Robert's wearing this amazing shirt. If you're listening to the show, it is a Marty McFly Back to the Future shirt. And it's like a 3D shirt that, here, just stay in that position. I'm going to take a quick screenshot. There it is. It's a 3D shirt that looks like the real thing. It's the best shirt I've ever seen in my life. It's so cool. I, uh, and I bought it for over five years now for the uh, 2015 anniversary screening of Back to the Future at the Hollywood Bowl, which was an amazing experience. Oh yeah, I saw the stills from that. That looks great, by the way. They, uh, yeah, they played. Uh, they had live orchestra that was you just were watching the movie, but with an actual live soundtrack. And uh, a lot of the cast members were there. Um, I can't remember who was there, but yeah, so it was just an amazing experience. Who did the theme song again for Back to the Future? Yeah, you're just gonna call me out, and I don't know. Uh, the composer. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of who it was. I think it was, um, no, I'm getting my movies mixed up. We are the set jetting Saturday, and we have all the facts right here. <laughs> the Back to the Future theme song was composed by, oh, Alan Silvestri. That's who it was. He also did Roger Rabbit, Forrest Gump. That's what I was thinking of, Forrest Gump. Yeah, he did a lot of Zemeckis stuff. And, uh, but, yeah, and you forget, I mean, um, so I'm old enough. I saw Back to the Future when it was, came out in the theater, so I was 15. And it was an amazing movie now and um, then. But over time, you know, you just kind of catch it on cable and you watch it kind of here and there when in times for new release. But it's a different experience when you're with an audience. And even with your an audience the size of Hollywood Bowl, I forgot how funny it was. I mean, the comic timing of that movie is just on point. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I just rewatched it not too long ago, like the the series, like the the trilogy. And I, I did forget how like funny it was, like in the first one and when he, you know, in the second one when he goes back to the fifties, like the timing with like the principal and it's it's perfect. Like they could have their own sitcoms, you know? And that's what now thinking about makes me miss actually going to the movies because we have all these great series, you know, and and movies, you know, we can watch and not so great movies. Uh, I won't name names. Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. But um but you forget the experience of seeing it in the theater with an audience and having that um, communal reaction and experience, there's just nothing like that. And I'm like, oh, we're just we're missing out. We don't even know it. I agree 100%. Like, I'm down with the HBO Max, but only temporarily. I don't want this to become like a norm. Because there is nothing like seeing a film on the big screen in a communal setting. Like you said, that's what you want to do. Yeah. There's something special about that. I remember I went to a screening of The Shining at the Alamo uh, a couple years ago, and I didn't realize how funny a particular scene was, but when uh, 
when Shelley Duvall has the doctor kind of come in and, and check Danny out and uh, they're having that conversation and, and Shelley talks about how, uh, how dad yanked his arm just a little too hard and they cut back to the, the doctor and she just has this deadpan face <laughs> and it get the biggest laugh out of the audience and I never laughed at it at all when I've ever you know watched the movie just on DVD and, and Blu-ray um, but it was hilarious at the time. <laughs> Yeah, that's what's that's one of the things that's cool about seeing a, a movie with an audience is you they you know communally uh, communitively you, you interpret things differently and it's like oh I, that's funny I get it I've seen that with like uh, musicians too like they'll say something about a song and people laugh and they're like oh I never thought about it that way but you did like you're clever like you, yeah. you know what I mean so it works um, which is really cool yeah and I I think. One of the things, uh, just just to go back to Back to the Future, that makes them so good is like the casting, um, and it's consistent in all three. You know, and even if three is probably the weakest link, most people would agree, but it's still a strong, like, funny film. You know, with, with yeah. the, it's like pretty much the same cast, and it's it works. I feel like you had to go back to the Wild West in three. You can't keep doing like the jump between the eighties and go yeah, or even farther into the future or um, no but, yeah but i and i'm a fan of back to the future too a lot of people aren't but uh i i really like that one too because i kind of liked the revisiting the 19 let, let's talk about the future but when they went back again to 1955 so oh, yeah like a couple of marty's watching each other and I don't, I oh i think the second one's the best one that's like that, my favorite it's it's just it's just so great yeah when they go back to the 50s and um they're like reinterpreting it, and they they do a really good job. I think. Yeah. Of no, I, I matching it up. Um, and uh, even though, and you, I do wonder, would it have been a slightly different, or would it? I think the death of Marty's father would have meant more if Crispin was in it, even just for a scene or two. Might have it might have had some more um, weight to it. I think so. Why couldn't they use Crispin? He was like out of control. Um, I think there. Well, he loves to talk about it. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was like a money thing, right? Uh, he says it wasn't necessarily about the money, but there, he, he kind of disagreed uh, with uh, the final scene of the original script of Back to the Future, and then it kind of turned into uh, some other issues. And when they kind of made it without him, that's when he sued them for using his likeness. And then he actually kind of ended up creating some new, I don't know, if it, laws or but. There's rules now on that you can't necessarily use somebody's likeness in a different part without their consent or without uh, monetary compensation. I think. Right. Yeah. Oh, he like spearheaded that whole movement. With... I believe so. He was one. Yeah. So. Um, oh. He knew they had deep pockets. So. They did. It's a shame he wasn't in it though. Yeah, I don't know. It did have Elizabeth Shue though, and so I'm I'm a huge fan of Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, she's great. She was definitely the better Jennifer. I think. Well, I'm no. old. I'm young. <laughs> I do you know like. What? Uh, what's that? But you know, you know, she looks this because you know they made they aged her so what she would look like in 2015. Yeah. And she barely looks like five years older than she did in 1985. No, so. I know this. Her skin's flawless. She's great. She was just in something not too long ago. I watched. I forget what it was. Like something She's more recent. Been in the boys uh, that series, and that was it. Um, I'm in the middle of season three of season three of Cobra Kai, so no spoilers. But I think she might be showing up at the. Wait, end. season three came out just today. Yeah. Oh, I got to get in there. I've seen the other two like four uh, times each. I'm a huge yes. fan. 
Oh, season three came out. Yeah. Perfect. Um, oh, she she's back in season three as uh, I don't uh, know Allie? That, that that she's on Facebook. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. So obviously you do see her picture uh, uh, on the Facebook link. So um, so I wouldn't be surprised. And they a couple last week they released the uh, what do they call it apart reunited apart series uh, where they zoom yes. with all the different actors. And so they had Karate Kid one, two, three, and Cobra Kai actors all together on this huge Zoom reunited calls, including including Elizabeth Shue. So. Wow. Got to get on board with that. Yeah. Classic 80s film, Karate Kid. It goes up there with Back to the Future. You can watch those guys over and over again. Oh, yeah. We, we are, my sister is actually a bigger Karate Kid fan than I am. Really? Oh, yeah. But, uh, See, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm a bigger Back to the Future fan. Karate Kid has always been fun, but I was... My go-to as I, like, growing up more, and even to this day, I would go to, like, Ghostbusters... Or Back to the Future before Karate Kid. But when you do watch Karate Kid, I respect it, and it's like a fun ride again. But um, the sequels, I didn't think were as good as the sequels to the other ones. <laughs> well, you know I'm a huge fan of Karate Kid Part 3 for, for all the wrong reasons. But Terry Silver, he's the best villain ever, where he's just like, I need something that looks poor. He, he, and he, he has a on, fleet of cars. And he was on the Zoom call, too. He was on the, he was on, Yeah, they, they got everybody. Robin Lively. Uh, from Karate Kid Three came back, uh, so I'm hoping. Was Sean Caden on there? Yeah. What was this it, call? Uh, reunited apart. This was recently. Uh, yeah, I think last week it came out. So I think they were kind of they're they've been ramping up for the new Cobra Kai. So I gotta check it out. It, it's a fun little. Uh, you have to watch all the way to the end. So it all, all right, I watch it. Reunited apart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just to close out the Back to the Future thing, do you think that when you when you watch the films and you you watch three where they go back to the Wild West, do you think that was a good move? Does that hold up, or do you think they should have done something differently? Um, it it didn't hold up for me personally because I think for the younger audience, for an older audience, I think it, probably older audience at the time it worked uh, because, uh, but for younger audiences, I was. 19 at the time i was like westerns were not a thing for me so yeah i didn't kind of get, get that appeal but i was more obviously right part two is more of a pop you know yeah jaws 27 and all that yeah. stuff like it's just a fun ride i don't know what it is about westerns like i don't really like them and i uh there's a few movies i'll watch that i guess are western based like i always love dances with wolves um there, there's other films that will pop up but overall i don't know they just they're not like my go-to like this yeah. a western setting i agree yeah so it, but but it's good and like you said it's kind of the perfect coda uh for the the film i don't think they're making another one who knows they'll call <laughs> it some, back to the future i got some cool back to the future toys this year i don't know why but uh somebody gave me a back to the future it's not a toy it's an advent calendar okay. which is really cool and then I got a Back to the Future. Do you know the Playmobil stuff? Mm -hmm. I used to be huge of those as a kid. Somebody got me the Back to the Future DeLorean Playmobil with the Marty and Doc figures, which is kind of weird um, that I, I did, you know I never really like asked for it or like put it out there. But it was a, it was a cool gift. Somebody I yeah. guess wanted to think outside the box, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. So it kind of reignited like my Back to the Future fandom this past month. I've been like getting more into it, like revisiting them. It's always um, worth a, a good rewatch, I think. And yeah, it's, it's fun. It's something you should pay attention to rather than uh, what I say, full bond rebuy, because you, you you miss all the 
the subtle funny parts. Yes, and it, it doesn't happen so much anymore, but for a while when I would rewatch them, I'd always pick up something different. I didn't. Um, like, early on in watching these, I picked up, like, the Lone Pine Ball thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, the, the Rolls Royce, you know, scenarios. Like, there's little cues that they, they put in there that back up the other films, and I still think that's really cool. Yeah, it was because there's, like, a billion Easter eggs in, the, in that franchise. Yeah, it's a tight script, and I think that's why it still works, and it kind of has some ageless appeal to it. Absolutely. And I feel like... They shouldn't touch it. They should respect it. I'm, I'm afraid that they're going to want to do like a prequel or a four or something like that. Like you need to leave those alone, right? Mm. Yeah, that's what I said. I don't know if they, they will. You, if there's money to be made, they'll probably find a way. Um, but I'm not sure what they could do with it or they would start over again. Who knows? You couldn't do it without Michael J. Fox. And if you did, you'd get lynched. So like yeah. he has Parkinson's, you're gonna replace him with some like who? I mean, who would who would you who would play Michael J? Who would play Marty McFly? That you they would get him? Replace him? Yeah. Or if they needed to create another teenager version. If of they him. had to create another teenager, if they uh, rebooted it, that's hard because then I feel like I don't know this younger generation of actors on who they would. No. They would so even like with Cobra Kai, they have this young cast. And I'm like, I don't care about them. Just. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you too. It's it's weird too. I mean, I, whenever we watch Cobra Kai, I always make terrible jokes. And like the scene at the end of the spoiler at the end of the second season where they're all fighting in school. Yeah, I'm like that wouldn't happen. Like kids would just bring a gun in. Like this is America. We're not doing karate. We're we're firing weapons. And people are like, no, no, that's that's morbid. I'm like, eh. what was last time you checked the news and a big karate fight broke out? It doesn't. No. It could. But, it LA. could. Yeah. It could. L A. slash Atlanta. You know. Slash Atlanta. Slash Calabasas slash Malibu. It is funny though, um, but I'm, I'm glad Cobra Kai streaming. You got to check that oh, out. Yeah. I had no idea. It's it's uh, I'm about halfway through right now, so it's pretty good. And they have like short episodes, anywhere I think from 35 to 40 minutes. So it's a good oh, yeah. bite size. I like it. I like that. I I watched it when it was on YouTube originally on like the first runs, and it came over to Netflix. Last year, I remember a lot of people were like, watching Cobra Kai, have you seen it? I was like, yeah, I saw it like yeah. two years ago when it came out. You know, it's amazing how Netflix is, is that broad of a reach. Like, there's people, there's a lot of people just in my feed that were like, yeah, I'm watching it. This is great for the first time. Like, they thought it was like a new show. Yeah. Because it says Netflix original. Oh, yeah. I guess Which it's not, it, but. It's theirs, yeah. I'm excited to see it, though. I really am. They, Are you uh, watching uh, the rest of it today? Um, I think so, yeah, because I, I, if my guess is right, I need to, the final episode will be probably the best of the season, so. so you have predictions. I just need to watch it through, yeah. The um, series is going to be, I would imagine there would be more of these after this season. I think it does well enough. I think it uh, has enough nostalgia for, you know, people my age that, that they will watch it. I still don't understand the Netflix model and how they possibly make money on how much they spend for their content. But um, this is a relative, it's not a special effects show, so it's more or less a kind of low-key uh, one-camera show. So I think it should be, it's pretty economical to, to shoot. Um, yeah. And, and I think I read Ralph Macchio says uh, they have six seasons planned out, so hopefully they'll keep that going. Oh, that's cool. I was thinking about that the other day, how Netflix makes their money. Because it would be, they spend an absor- a crazy amount of money on new 
movies, you know, new films and projects and buying and licensing. And their really only form of income is subscription. So you need a lot of subscriptions for like eight bucks a month to make all this fly. I wonder if they use like product placement too. Like, yo, we'll put your, we'll put the Subaru in here for like a hundred grand. Like, how else would you make money? I was kind of wondering about that because uh, you know Larusso automobile, auto, you know, <laughs> I was like, they're Toyotas, and I'm like, does does Prius get? Did they pay? You know, how yeah. how does this work? <laughs> had to be, it had to be. Um, it is funny though when you see the product placement, like The Walking Dead has cars that are brand new, but the apocalypse has been going on for ten years, and you're like, hey, that Subaru shiny. Look at that Kia. Uh, I think I told you before one of my favorites because I was an Alias fan and. And they're chasing around. She goes, get the Ford Focus. I'm like, oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Did she really? Yes. And they had a huge close-up on the oh. Ford Focus le- uh, logo as, it, as the car took off. And I'm like, all right. Who said that? Jennifer Garner? Yeah. Get the Ford Focus. <laughs> Not get the car or get the Ford or you get the Focus. Pay, yeah, you probably pay extra if you want Jennifer to say it versus I think so. Michael get Bartan the Ford Focus. <laughs> You'd have. That's funny. I love product placement, especially when it's like too much on the nose. You know, you see that in shows, and it's like the the close up of it's always a car too. It's the close up of the car, and they stop and show the model, and they get out. And you're like, "Let's do this. This is great." If yeah, if they say something nice about the car, I remember original Superman had a quite a they had some product placement that I think as a kid I didn't quite notice, but you know, there's a huge box of Cheerios, and, and oh, it sticks out because yeah. you just. You're not supposed to see brand names, you know, unless they pay for it. Otherwise, it's the, the fake brands in the background. Yeah, you're right. I think the tagline was going to be, you'll believe a man can fly, dot, dot, dot. United Airlines with their new two-for-one deal. And then they, after the licensing expired, they changed it. Then they changed it to uh, Demolition Man. Now all oh, those yeah. Are Taco Bell. Oh, oh, yeah, just Taco Bell. Taco Bell and... Uh, they won the franchise wars. What was the other product placement in there? Uh, I don't know. And, and it was Pizza Hut in other countries, I know, because Taco Bell's not everywhere. They changed it uh, for some other countries. But Yeah, that was great, Taco Bell. All the restaurants, were, they, well, they won the franchise wars. The franchise wars, which sometimes I think we're not that far, you know, post-COVID. That <laughs> I think so. Yeah, it's happening. Are you safe from COVID? Is everybody healthy in your nook? Uh, everybody in my, I don't want to call it my bubble, but everybody, I, well, I, sh- I shouldn't say, I, I know people obviously that have tested positive, but yeah, everybody has been extremely ill or have, has not gone over it. But hopefully uh, as we start with this first wave of vaccines, uh, we'll start kind of knocking it out. Yeah, I hope so. We need to ramp up production with these. Yeah, I, I saw the latest that was like, well, at this rate, it's 10 years. So I'm like, well, that's not going to. No, yeah, they're going to ramp it up. Yeah. I think when Biden jumps in, he's going to ramp it up. Like the emergency powers that let you like have General Mills start making vaccines. I think he's just anything he can do. He's just going to jump it out there. Like, yeah. let's just get this going. Well, that's just it. There's, there's more companies that um, obviously are making their version of the vaccine, which it'll be curious to see if are all these the same. Yeah. Is yeah. One of my- I want there to be so many vaccine options that you can choose. Like, which yeah. one do you want? Uh, let's do Moderna. No, no, let's do AstraZeneca. No, Pfizer. Let's do Pfizer. All right, let's try it. That's like going to be our new, uh, our new conversation starter. Uh, which one did you get? Yeah, which one did you get? Yeah, which one? Which vaccination did you have? 
The, the, you have to get two of them, right? Isn't the second one like a booster yeah. shot? Yeah. And I think one there. No, yeah, I think I think for all of them there is it's a two it's a two shot deal. I'm wondering if I should get a job in like a nursing home on the weekend so I get the vaccine because yes, exactly. I'll I'll be working I'll be helping people it's not like I'm it's a scam I'll really work there yeah. for a while. Do I you think, think they'll a get lot it to of me? staff are going to be able to I don't know if I'm necessarily going to be in and kind of way one of the first waves but I think a lot of our staff will be um, since they they're direct care providers at where I work. I would think so. You would be included in that, right? Uh, I don't know. Sometimes they look at administration as not, but. Um, oh. Hopefully they they get to the front of the line pretty fast. So, so because they've been putting themselves, uh, they've been working since March thirtieth. They really haven't had any stopping point. Did Nebraska get their doses already? Are they like have, have you seen them being doled out to frontline Not, workers? I think to healthcare workers right now. So, and we have a wave one that's kind of split up into a couple of different areas. But what's a wave one? Um, so I think wave one is like healthcare workers, elderly, nursing homes. Oh, first wave of the vaccine distribution. Yeah. Got it. That makes sense. Somebody, there was a 33-year-old Disney employee that got it in um, California. She tweeted it out, and people were like, what the hell? And she said her husband was a big deal there at the hospital or something. And then the hospital got all the shit, and the hospital said, we had extra amount of vaccines that we had to get rid of, so we used it on her. And I was like, oh, maybe come up with a better lie than that. <laughs> Somebody obviously like put their name through a list using connections to say, yeah. let's get the vaccine, which is, I would do the same if I could. I or would not tweet it out, though. It. Yeah. yeah, I would not put it out there. I would just say, yeah. it just wouldn't be a good look if you have yeah. an employer. It's like, yo, I got this because my husband's a big deal. Uh, of course, I would do everything I can to get it under the yeah. radar if I could. But but it was just such a shame. And the hospital said, uh, yeah, we had extra ones. It's like, oh. Really? Nobody else that needed it. So crazy. But it'll, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm anxious to get this stuff out there. Yeah. Sorry, I just took a really dark turn down the rabbit hole with COVID. Well, it could lead into The Stand. Yes, The Stand is three episodes in. Robert, you're all caught up on this uh, franchise? It started off, I felt, kind of weak. Got a little better. And I feel like it's... My big takeaway is it's kind of all over the place, and I don't care for any of the characters like I did for the 94. Like, I care for the 94 characters a little bit. This yeah. one, I don't really care for Larry Underwood. Mother Abigail phones in her lines. I, I just don't care what happens to them. What, what do you think? Am I, am I out of line? No. Um, so, yeah. So, Whoopi Goldberg, she, she has, obviously, she brings screen presence, and... And she's she's also a little bit into that Sean Connery of like uh, she's Whoopi Goldberg on screen, not necessarily Mother Abigail. Um, but she doesn't really help herself because she is, uh, you know, when actors are kind of just not even actors that usually there's a if there's a script person uh, giving the reverse lines off screen and the yeah. actor on camera is being all emotional and the other person's like, but please don't go. This is that's what I feel like we're getting out of Whoopi from her from her mother. Oh, yeah, that's so good. And I'm just like she's just barely getting the lines out before I don't know right. like lunch, lunch break on set and she's done. She's the she's line off to craft and... service. Yeah, that that, <laughs> that one that one of those scenes where she's leaving the room. I'm like she's just walking off to craft services. I don't think they're even done shooting the yeah. scene. She's done. Yeah, she was going to go phone in an episode of The View. <laughs> I like the line where she goes. Uh, you know, Nick says he doesn't believe in God, and 
the mother of goes, he believes in you. She's like, it don't matter. He believes in you. And I, I just felt like a line like that where he's talking to an atheist about God picked you is kind of like important to the novel and how like this world has changed. And she, I just felt like they blew through that scene. That was like an, that's an important scene in the book. And I, I, I feel like they just blew through that a little bit. Yeah, this version, you're like, I don't know why Nick Andros and Mother Abigail connected. They look like they have zero connection. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it, I don't know. It looks like he's not really buying her either. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> we haven't seen Trash Can Man yet, too, and we're three episodes in. How many episodes are in this series? I think nine. I think there's nine. Um, so, what yeah, we're, we're, this isn't a, a, a weak way to kind of end the first act. I was kind of like, I, I was wondering the same thing. I was like, where is Trash Can Man? Because at least there should be some inkling of uh, him doing something by now, but, but not. Right. He should be blowing up the Des Moines or Terre Haute, whatever that was, like gas thing. Yeah. Um, because they, he should have some kind of like play going on right now. And Stick you at the nut house, Trash. <laughs> up in Terre Haute, throw the keys away, Trash. Ew, get him away from me. <laughs> and then we'll go back five months and see yeah. him buying supply. You know, like that. That's right. this is kind of the way it's worked. And like with um, um, little Joe and stuff like that. Like we already know he has issues. Why are we flashing back to show <laughs> them first meeting when we already kind of get that? And then sometimes I can't tell. I'm like, are we in yeah. the present? So when when it's Joe and um, Amber Heard and they're in the the baseball stadium, and yeah. I was like. Is this in Boulder or is this four months ago? You know, like I can't. <laughs> Me too. When I watched that with the guitar scene, yeah, I didn't know if they jumped back because they they did that a lot. Where I, I watched it a second time and I actually picked up on them jumping around like more than I did the first time. I was like, oh, this is a flashback. I thought this was like a continuation because there's no. Um, a lot of times they don't set it up as a flashback and it doesn't really fit. They just jump back and jump back to the present scene. Um. Which I think has something to do with the edit. Well, it's obviously something to do with the editing. It is the editing. But I think it has something to do with the rushed COVID delay or something. Because I feel like they there's other things that just got left out. I don't know. I don't know. I felt, I felt like what was missing is the, uh, I don't know what the sound is called, in Lost. Where it would be like whoosh down, whoosh. And then you would <laughs> like, th- those were our clues yes. to know, are we going moving forward or backward? Because I don't know. I need, I need the Lost whoosh so I know what's going on. Yes. We need the lost whoosh. There needs to be an indication that there's there's a lapse. There's a time jump here. And I'm very ex- I'm more excited that once this is all done, somebody's going to kind of create, uh, you know, like the phantom edit where they put it together in linear order for us. And like, here's the version it could have been. And, and maybe <laughs> that will make more sense. That's, I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be the first to pirate that and illegally edit it and post it. But now, no, I, it's... Did, I did like Heather Graham, though. So did I. Yeah, she was good. And she was, was a, uh, a character that was not in the 94 one. They kind of gave the 94... Her name was Rita, right? Or yeah, Anita? Yeah. Rita. Uh, in the book, she was its own character, and they gave Lars San Giacomo Nadine Crosses in 94, like, all of her scenes. They, like, combined mm-hmm. them. But she killed herself. That was a good, dark, like, faithful-to-the-book kind of scene. Yeah, no, I, I liked her, and she was somebody... I think she, she knew her character, and she knew what she needed to, to be on screen. And and because it's Heather Graham, you have. Uh, uh, I, I thought it kind of worked because if you're not familiar with the book, 
you're like, oh, Heather Graham's in this too. And then she's gone. You know, it's kind of like she pulls a little bit of a Janet Lee. Uh, yeah. She, yeah, uh, she's in and out. Taken out. But uh, I, do, I did have issue that they changed it from the Lincoln Tunnel to the sewers. So did I. Yeah, I, the Lincoln Tunnel was, is just a scariest setting. You're in, you know, confined, claustrophobic spaces with yeah. hundreds and the of dead people. Yeah, the sewer is gross. I get that, too. But I'm like, uh, it looked like he went about two blocks, and then everything was fine. And, and, and Rita <laughs> made it just fine <laughs> by not going in the sewer. Yeah, his, the timing was pretty good. that They arrived there, like, right around the same time. Like, you get there a little bit faster not being in a sewer. Yeah. It is funny though. Yeah, I do like. Um, I did like the Lincoln Tunnel. That that was a better. That's you know that's how it should be. I'm hoping that Heather Graham just like was pulling her actor away, and she goes, "Yeah, um, I'll just meet him on the other side. I'm not going to be in." Yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'll just meet him there. Right. You want me to be in this? This is what's happening. I'll I'll, I'll excuse myself and I'll walk a block and then I'll meet him there. <laughs> and then I'll meet him there. That's what they need to do. I felt like too they they jumped over the plague too much. There was there's some scenes where they they're obviously referencing that it's happening, and there's very little of showing the plague. They they show the people some people affected, which I think that they they did a good job. But the mass destruction of society and crumbling, I, I felt like that they kind of glossed over, which is one of the coolest things about the stand. It was like the military is trying to contain this, and they're shooting yeah. reporters, and they're, there's quarantines, and they, they didn't do any of that. I, I felt like if you and I put our money together and made a similar film, this, the miniseries on CBS would be better, but not by much, because it didn't. we could probably pull something off that's close, because it wasn't that ambitious. Like They didn't use a lot of special effects for the plague. Like Why, yeah. why did they gloss over that? And I, some of the interesting things that they kind of leave out or just kind of in the background is, and I liked about the book and the original miniseries, are they, they talked about they have to turn the electricity back on and they have to go, they, have to, they had a, a group that had yes. to go shut everything off before they did that so they didn't blow the circuits. And then obviously they're talking about body removal, but I don't think they quite get why they're doing it. For, Good call. It, you wouldn't know that to a first-time viewer. It looks like they're just cleaning up the bodies, but that whole, uh, whatever the name of that crew was, that committee was to, like you said, that, no, when people die, they didn't turn off the microwaves and their irons. You have to go around and do that, which would be a terrible job to go house to house and be like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Here's what. Uh, you know what I would do during that, if I were in that thing? I would just start making stuff up. Yeah, I can fix any computer. I, l let me just get, get me to a desk and I'll like try to hack into the power grid and uh, do some radar for flag. Yeah. I just I wouldn't be turning off microwaves with bodies laying now, in front. And I also had a little bit of issue with, I don't think it was in the book, I don't know, when Nadine, I didn't know who it was at first, uh, a long flashback to when she was a kid, apparently in an orphanage, I'm thinking it was. Yeah, it yeah, it was like, like an a, orphanage or a girl's home for yeah. It looked whatever. like a writer's version of an orphanage for, versus an <laughs> actual. Uh. Yeah, yeah. There's like this one inept, you know, counselor or guard or whatever with listening to uh, headphones and the, uh, yeah, that was that was a weird. It was like a sleepover. Well, that I thought like, that was a sleepover at first because I was like, and right. then once I found out it was like supposed to be a home, I'm like, one. That this was a real, 
this is real home, there would be 40 girls packed in there, not four. <laughs> yeah, and it was supposed to take place in the 90s. It's not like it was the 1900s. <laughs> like, there would be more people. Like, what, it was a very spacious room. It was like, yeah. oh, must be nice. And the Ouija... Yeah. Planchette. Yeah. <laughs> is that a real game? What's that? Planchette. Is that a real game? I don't know. It might be a might be a product placement. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they pay top dollar. It is yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, I felt like that the, the it was like a writer's version of what they think like a girl's home would look like. Yeah, I, I don't know. And you can always kind of tell that when I'm like, well, why is this here? Why is this happening? And um, just because yeah. it makes scene doesn't make it and that's where you know the movies or whatever you're watching is in, is in trouble if like you're watching it and your mind is not caring about what's going on but you're thinking about all these other things yes that's how i felt during a lot of this i was like oh, what did they do in the book originally you know i was like wikipedia stuff during the show and i was like okay we'll watch it yeah and i think and this is where and maybe i wasn't paying enough attention because uh nadine is a virgin and they're kind of hint at that he, Randall Flagg, has been communicating with her since, obviously, she was young, to remain a virgin. Um, yes. I think that's what it is. Kind of getting in there early and, like, twisting the mind. It's like, no, this is the power I have. You're not to do this ever. Which is why she has so many, like, hang-ups and, you know, is so withdrawn Yeah, in a way. I have high hopes for The Stand. I love the book. Uh, I, I waited a long time for this miniseries. I'm hoping it delivers. I'm just, I'm not singling it out and picking on it. I just think so far, uh, not that impressive. I don't know. It's eking through and just just barely. And if we, I didn't have yeah. some former love for it, I probably would have given up on it. I'm like, I'm not continuing this show. Yeah, if you didn't have any love for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, if this were a new... Uh, series or unrelated to king i i wouldn't i probably wouldn't really even watch it to begin with but if i started to i, I would have checked out by now yeah uh, they did they did sing baby can you dig your man though the, we did we heard a snippet of it. snippet <laughs> i want to hear the whole thing and i want the cheesy 94 version where it's he's a righteous man <laughs> like you sound brown larry it's like does he it's like kind of a country so what but then oh, it, that's right. They did say that. There's like two different versions. There's the radio one that's really cheesy. But then he did that acoustic one, which was actually not bad. It sounds like a almost like a John Lee Hooker kind of like yeah. throwback song. And for a second, and maybe it was the guitar because the original miniseries is a lot of guitar strumming kind of in between scenes and as as kind of their soundtrack. And I think they started yeah. to do that a little bit. I just thought, well, maybe that's a little a nice callback, but <laughs> And I oh, was speaking of callbacks. You probably saw the the shining carpet uh, in Vegas. Yes, in the one scene, which that was nice. a nice touch. You so have a mask that, with that material. What's that? You have a mask with that design, don't you? I do. Yep, one of my my face masks. Yeah. Uh, that, so. Yeah, that was really cool. I do like the Easter eggs. I hope to see more and of lesser not... known King stuff too. You know. And I could be missing Easter eggs too, but. But, uh, I think I am. Yeah. I think I am too. I really have to go back. Um, I was going to say the. I don't know if you heard the last show at the end. I put in the acoustic version of "Baby, Can You Dig Your Man." Yeah, I need to, Some uh, guy actually like mashed it up and recreated it from the snippets and made a whole song. Oh, nice! And it's actually really good. I'll, I'll send you the YouTube link after okay. the show, but it's like a good song. And 
the acoustic version. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear more from this. I feel like that's the angle they need to go with now. If you're going to gloss over the plague, baby, can you take your man? Instead of these other songs, yeah, maybe they, at the end, the credits, it should just be snippets of that song. Yes. Over nine episodes, if you put them all together, you have the whole song. I do love the ending credit. I, that's a good idea. You kind of throw it out. I do like the music they pick, though, at the end of the episodes. They've been great every time. It was White Rabbit, Jefferson's uh, Airplane, Billy Joel. Like They're obviously buying up the rights to a lot of good songs yeah. because they're not putting that money into production, but they are the songs, <laughs> which is well, great. Songs, and especially that book, was a big piece of King's work. He likes to use song lyrics and to uh, at the beginning of chapters and to kind of split things up uh, to kind of set the tone. And yeah. write movies usually can't afford the actual songs that he wants to use or has used, um, but they kind of do their best. That's a good point. I feel like they didn't splurge on the money in the 94 one with the music. I don't think they could do it. Yeah, I think that was... They did good for... I mean, I can't remember... I think I might have told you that the location manager reached out to me. Um, but I know they had a... Obviously, they didn't have a big budget. I think they had like 110 filming locations or that they, you know, which is just in 94, that was crazy. That's too. crazy. Yeah. And even obviously 2020, they really don't have that many uh, filming locations. <laughs> no, they don't. It's very pieced together and simple. Um, even New York, you could have, I felt like, I felt the Times Square scene was cool, but they, they could have done a little bit more. Um, Besides just Central Park and Times Square. But the uh, the 94 one, I did like the soundtrack a lot. Like the acoustic, like... It, it gets really creepy, almost like a, like a Western, so to speak. But it's got that creepy, like, undertone to it. I thought, I thought it was a great soundtrack. I actually still listen to it to this day. And Randall Flagg is wearing double denim again, so... He's wearing the denim. Do you what? What is your thoughts on that? Who is it? Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah. So, do you think I, he's I a like good flag? Him. Yeah. So him, I mean, and I always feel you know the devil should be a pretty attractive person uh, to to lure people in and and I would lure do whatever you. Alexander said. I'm like, sure, I'll go to Vegas. And he's convincing yeah. when he's in the jail and he's talking to uh, um, what's the guy's name? Uh, Lloyd. Yeah. And he's like, just had lunch an hour ago. Raw roast beef, some home fries. It's like and the guy's like licking it because he's starving to death. This, the bar, and that's a good scene. I was like, oh, yeah, it's a great scene. All everything should be kind of have that exact tone, and and that scene worked. I do like that scene, and I think he's a great Randall Flag Skarsgård. I like him better than Jamie Sheridan by a lot. I, I believe him. I believe it, and I do like the scene with Lloyd because they exp- they put more of his persona in there of why he was left in the jail. He was a cop killer. And most guards really don't hear to that. Yeah. And that's kind of why he was left behind. Not so much that everyone died because they were already removing people. It was like, well, fuck this guy. We'll leave him in there with this, you know. I felt like it was a great, the Lloyd character, the, the setting was pretty good. Yeah. And Alexander's actually acting versus Mother Abigail. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's actually, Whoopi just kind of phoned that in. I wonder if she even read the script. <laughs> Well, I, kn- I think she wanted to play Mother Abigail in the 94 version. Um, which oh, really? Been, yeah, I think she wanted to, and which would have been interesting. Um, she could have gotten in then. She was off of Sister Act 2 fame at that point. Oh, yeah. No, she's, she's usually good. Um, yeah. But 
Maybe maybe she's holding back until whatever we're gonna see. She's gonna she's gonna deliver at the end. Could be. I I feel like they're. I don't know. We'll see what happens with the stand, but I, f- I feel like the scars guard, the Randall flag is much stronger, but everything else, I don't know. I'm just not buying it. James Marsden's good. Um, I like Greg Kinnear as, uh, as um, the sociology guy, I forget his name with, with Kojak, but uh, like, like I still stand by what I said earlier. I don't really like care for these characters. I don't, you know, I cared that Gary Sinise was was got the flu and was injured in the, in the 94 one. If that happened to James Marsden, I'd be like, yeah, let's see what happens with yeah. Flag, I guess. I just don't like, I don't care if they're not making me care for him. No, and some of it just feels so forced, like Larry Underwood has never heard of caviar. I mean, that's kind of what the impression they're giving. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what's next? Sushi? And he'll be like, what's that? <laughs> When you said that, though, I was literally thinking that, and I'm so glad you brought that up. I forgot all about that. I was watching it, and he's a like, caviar, and I thought in my head, literally, there's he's not going to say he's never heard of it. He's heard of caviar, and then he says it, and I was like, oh, well, he's from East Texas, so he's oh, he doesn't maybe. have fancy things. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> so big, maybe. And that's where I go back to. I'm like, who? You know, I know Owen King and obviously other people kind of wrote this, but I'm like, well, I think yeah, maybe and maybe that line is from the 70s novel and maybe caviar was a little something different back then. But maybe uh, it's time to yeah, it's switch time it to... out with something else, you know, <laughs> Let's well, update. Yeah, you should be offering him like like probiotics or something, you know. Right. Yeah. Maybe we could be doing that. Super probiotics. <laughs> if you were in the stand, Robert. If you had the dreams of Mother Abigail, would yeah. you go to? Would you follow them to I, I, Colorado? Uh, I yeah. Well, first I should be in. I mean, for home Nebraska, but right, of course. Yeah, Which so, they didn't say again. They've they've always been saying Hemingford home. Yeah, which is but interesting. Will be made up. Will be actually probably misread her line and they just left it. So uh, I think so. <laughs> I think that's what happened. They're like, yeah, screw it. <laughs> one one take, Whoopi. That's how I'm gonna call her. Like that's all you get. Folks. That's all. Yeah, one take whoopee. That's it. And then she's done. You would go to heaven for home, Nebraska. Yeah, I'd be like, well, nobody's here. So, hey, I looked that up online, and there's a county called Box Butte or something. Yeah, yeah. Is that a real? You've... I think so. That's way out west. Yep. Oh yeah, it was like up northwest, and there was a heaven for Nebraska population. I think it was like 640, and they had a sign, a picture of the town, and it just says Hemingford and it looks exactly how you think it. It's like. This old western town that you like one road he goes in there. Um, I didn't see any Mother Abigail yeah. in the picture. So maybe I know Stephen. He he wrote about Nebraska as he would drive through here, uh, on on his way to Colorado uh, when he would stay at the Stanley and stuff like that. So I think he yeah. picked out lines that he or names that he liked as he went along the the freeway. He did that ride a lot. That's what he based Misery off of, too. Like, the, the character Paul Misery is driving back to New York. I think from Colorado. Yeah. And he gets, you know, into the accident. Yep. So he did that drive. That's, a, that's quite a drive, though. That's, a, that's an artistic choice to make that trek for, like, inspiration, I would imagine. Yeah. Now, now it kind of makes me want to have some other characters just pop up in the background, you know. Annie Wilkes or, you know. Would love Annie Wilkes to come in there. Or even... Uh, because Annie Wilkes probably would have survived the plague. She would probably I, be one of the chosen ones. Yeah, She'd be at Flags her, Camp. Yeah, she's in her own bubble over there, so she would be fine. She is, yeah, she's in her little... Uh, she, she would have an issue. She wouldn't be able to... Vegas just doesn't seem to be 
jiving with her standards, so she might have some issues there. Well, what, what was her? What was the thing that she used to say? The uh, uh, it wasn't you betcha, but Annie Wilkes would always say things like, um, "Oh, I don't." Uh, like her little line, uh, it'll come to me. But it was like you know that annoying like kind of like a you betcha, and yeah. and it was very like condescending and cutesy, even though she's like a murderer. Um, she would be good. I I feel like uh, Hemingford the scene in Hemingford where they brought, um, or Boulder, whatever. Is it Hemingford or Boulder? Because they say the Boulder well, free zone. Yeah, so they're in Boulder, which I had, I had an issue with that when um, uh, them pulling up. and I Does Larry meet every car that comes into Boulder? They, they were just <laughs> waiting around. And, hey, I'm here. I, I, I just threw up. Welcome to the Boulder free zone. He, he's and, just like a flight attendant. He did, and he says that before they're out of the car. and Because I would be thinking... <laughs> They, he says, "Welcome to Boulder Free," and they open the door, and they're like, "What?" You know, like apparently, <laughs> what? <they> were, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's on them. Like, you just had a five-hour drive or mo- longer. You need to use the restroom. You get out. This guy's humping your leg. We're on the welcome to the Boulder Free Zone. Okay, all right. Are you oh, sick? Man. I do. It like is that. funny. I do. You think? Um, I, I was going to say the scene in, in wherever they are, Boulder Free Zone, where the guy comes back from Vegas that, that mm-hmm. was crucified. That was in the book, right? I know. I, know they, the I don't know if it's exactly like that. He would send spies or message people. Right. I remember? Um, I don't remember it being exactly like that. I, I certainly don't think there was a Vegas keychain. Uh, no. To, uh, I <laughs> yeah, I know the spies came. I don't remember though, because that's to be nailed and crucified and then drive a Ferrari from Nevada to Los <laughs> to Colorado it seemed like a weird arc in that story. When he fell out, and he was alive. Yeah, and he. Uh, I don't know, happened, yeah. Larry. Just happened to be on the right road that day. Uh, right. <laughs> you notice there was no urgency too when he, after he drove by. Like they see the strange Ferrari with blood, and they still kind of walk to it and move out of the way. And then when the guy falls out dead, they they run over. Yeah, and you would hear a car. You know, it's a Ferrari. They're very yeah. loud. Um, it's not. Yeah, and not like uh, electric or Prius, like coasting <laughs> along. Like what? Like <laughs> they would have heard that a mile away. Yeah. Right. It's just I don't know. It's funny. But I, I I don't remember if that scene was in the book or not. But I felt that was like a weird way to have him show up. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to show a crucifixion. I don't think they're going to show something like that on CBS. They might. I don't. They it's to, a big part of the book. Yeah. Creepy. Um, yeah, we don't. We, and so we haven't seen too much of Vegas. Um, little snippets no. and flashes here and there. Yeah, they need to show like. Vegas a little bit more. Like I hope next next episode should be all focused on Vegas because they really haven't touched it. And at this point in the story, Flag already has Lloyd. He needs to be like getting the the crew together. Yeah. Well, that's you want to see some of these other people kind of massing up. And I'm thinking, Shawnee like the Stan, Rat Man uh, in the original stand was great because you just knew her character. She was batshit crazy. Uh, Who? Shawnee Smith. Oh yeah, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and she was great. She was like perfect for the role. And you, you, you saw people meeting each other, and then you knew she was going off prior to Vegas, and you know people were kind of continuing on. Yeah, you just don't have that. And 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 I, I do like oh. Nick Andros' character, and I seem to like the actor so far that he has a, somewhat of a presence that um, I kind of like what he's doing. What about um? But it was Tom Cullen. I'm 44. <laughs> Oh, Lord, yes. I'm gonna start doing that when I like stutter. I'm like, 
Yeah, so the shipment came in, and then I moved the computer, and went, oh, the shipment came <laughs> I was rewinding that like three times. I love that guy. Uh, I'm going to get that actor on this show before yeah. the stand's done. Um, so, yeah, the original Tom Cullen from Coach is all I think I know him from. Yeah, uh, right. I think I liked his interpretation a little bit better so far, but yeah, uh, he Me was too. more endearing um, than than this guy. And I just when Rob Lowe and him met, you could tell they had a chemistry, and they kind of you know like they had that yeah. spark, and they're like you just knew they were going to be friends. And and yeah. I just yeah, I don't know if I'm just not feeling it with this particular cast, but I wasn't buying it either. I didn't have that. I, I wasn't seeing that chemistry that Rob Lowe and the guy that played Tom Cullen had. It just felt like it was uncomfortable, like he was bothering him. Yeah. I do like uh, that, <laughs> that he starts over. <laughs> if you have any employment opportunities, come down. I also felt really bad for that guy. He doesn't know what's going on, and he's still like reciting lines to get a job through yeah. his like, help. I mean, that was like, to me, that was realistic, and that was also very sad. Right. And that should be an endearing part of him, and it's just I don't maybe he will grow on me later. Yeah, uh, but I have a feeling they're just gonna kind of. I don't think they're gonna give him too much more screen time either, except when he they send him off. Uh, but I'm afraid you're probably right. I would think they're just gonna gloss over him. And then I go back. I'm like, would it? It'd be nicer, yeah, you know, to have this in order to get to know these people better than jumping back and forth. I think so. And I think they, the, the pacing, like when Nick Andros is in the hospital and he sees the guy that beat him up, that, should, that screen time should have been used to have the Shawnee Smith character. I forget her name. Like They should have did more with Tom Cullen, and then they leave the hospital, find the Shawnee Smith character, and, and end it there. But I felt like there was too much, too much back and forth of him with Mother Abigail and then the fight and the guy in the hospital. Yeah, I don't know. Well, kind of I do like the jaws though. He's the filling up with fluid. Uh, yeah, and it is. It's gross. And, yeah. Yeah, but it's but it's like faithful to the book in the sense. Yeah. Yeah. They, oh, very much so. I I liked. Uh, it was disgusting in that first scene. I think Larry brought ugh. that girl home, and she wakes up, and she's still trying to get with him, and there's just oh. mucus coming out. I'm like, oh my god. That was so gross. Yeah. And he's like, call me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, that was so gross. <laughs> so yeah, I think they they should have they should have done a little bit more uh, riskier choices. I think I think so. Yeah, that definitely focused more on like the Vegas crew. So we'll we'll see what happens. It's on uh, Thursdays, CBS. I watched it. I watched it that Thursday. Like I waited up. It came on at midnight up. or something. Yeah, not not a good reason it. to stay awake. I always watch it the next morning. So I'm maybe that's not the best. Uh... <laughs> you wake wait like you wake up with it. Yeah, that's because I'm like, I wake up, I'm like, oh, it's new. Before I get out of bed, I'll, I'll watch the new. Well, that's stand. a good way to like start the day. Yeah. Or a, a bad way, depending on how the episode goes. But that's well, fun. Yeah. There, there's, it's hard that there's no kind of uh, milestones that they hit in these episodes. And I think they need to have one big, big scene each episode to keep you going. Yeah, you're right. They're missing that, that big scene that landmarks the episode. There's, there's, there's none of that. No. It's just Whoopi leaving the room. <laughs> <laughs> Saying one line and then go to craft services. And seeing her eat craft services in the back. They didn't even edit that out. <laughs> the best. 
you just see her and they're like, you, ah, just leave it in. Uh, but I, I did appreciate, obviously, I, I, I was like, ugh, I do get stuck in me. I'm like, I better find some of these locations. So even Yeah, you, you, you have to. And I, I, we mentioned on the last show, you did a great job with the locations on the stand. And you explained it, too. You were like, I was here filming this for Scary Movie or whatever it was, and I got this shot. You, uh, you were very transparent with, like, I was, wasn't here for the stand. I was here for this. And it, which is good because it shows like you have to have a good eye. Tron Legacy, yeah, I think where Fran and Harold, Franny and Harold's houses were, and I just recognized that area because it's not a well-traveled area in Vancouver. It's south of Vancouver, but is that where it is? Yeah, it's, wait a minute, it's not well-traveled. Like it's it's more uh, residential, it's a, it's touristy part of Vancouver. You know that people oh. would naturally go, and it, it's right on the shore. And I just recognized it because of uh, the Tron Legacy house was was down there, and that's cool. And it's then, cool that you found that. Yeah. And New York, of course, is just downtown Vancouver, just like Jason Takes Manhattan. It's the same thing. I mean, it wouldn't know the difference. I was really hoping they would use uh, the same street that they did. <laughs> oh, that'd be so perfect. I, so I kept looking, like, oh, please. And I think they actually just used one block, from what I could tell. On what, Jason Takes Manhattan? No, uh, no actually, Jason Takes Manhattan used a couple different blocks, but the stand used one block to make New York, I think. Oh yeah, I think you're right. It's it's just that one stretch, and that's it. Yeah, I feel like uh, they. I don't know. It's funny when they substitute New York. They do it a lot in L.A., like downtown L.A. Mm-hmm. But you can always tell. You're like, yeah, that's not no. like Transformers. They do that a lot. They're like, it's New York. And you're like, it's not. Yeah, it's not really you know, the palm tree in the back that's blurred. Isn't really New York. <laughs> um, but but you did the shots in uh, Vancouver. You you did a great job. Like. It looks they look really good. It looks like a cool area too. Like it's pretty. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the uh, where the houses are. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a pretty area down there. It's a nice sidewalk, and all the houses uh, kind of look right off into the uh, to the water there. So it's a nice place. Is that a pricey place to live in, Vancouver? Vancouver. Yeah. So it is pretty. I think Vancouver proper. I think is like the third highest in uh, the world or North America. Thing. Oh, so it's up there with like New York prices. Yeah, like you're yeah. paying an arm and a leg. Yeah. Okay. And then they have a lot of, um, uh, and they're kind of making new laws about this, uh, or they have made new laws about a lot of um, foreign entities buy up property and then leave them empty. And oh, so just to just sell them later on? Yeah. Um, but then sometimes they don't sell, so they just have empty properties. Um, but I think they've made some laws that you actually need to be living in properties or renting them out. So. Justin Trudeau put his foot down, his perfectly perfectly <laughs> glossed foot, and said, we're not doing it. Yeah. Oh, his I wish we had perfect Justin hair and his beard. I do love, I don't know if you saw, it was a few months ago where somebody made a slow motion of Justin Trudeau fixing his hair. It was like blowing down in his face. Oh, I think I yeah. did see that. It's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. He's great. I love his uh, facial reactions when they were talking. They showed him the clip of Trump, and he was just like, "Did you see that one?" And he's just think, like shaking his head, and he puts his head down. Like, what am I listening to? It's it's an honest reaction because he's like a straight shooter kind of guy. Yeah, there, there's a good one like, with what? him and a couple other leaders, and Trump kept signing in the wrong place, and they <laughs> they kind of cut it like a reality show, you know, where people are kind of looking at each other. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like what's this guy doing? And I think so Trudeau funny. is actually the one that says, uh, 
you're supposed to sign all we all sign it yeah <laughs> i think we it's all <laughs> we're all supposed to sign it because <laughs> it was like a multi-country uh treaty or something like that they were each supposed to sign i think trump has just signed his name six times it was just are you serious yeah wow it's, it's wow one of my favorite bad moments i gotta find that that's pretty good that's pretty good. That's a, that's up there with the gang members and Jason takes Manhattan. Good, where you're like, I gotta rewind this. This is too good. <laughs> They're so '80s and great. Your dead yeah. meat slime ball. That lisp, like it just screams, not '80s Fifty Cent. Like I'm afraid of them. Uh, In I the know. hood. That's why Cobra Kai is so great. They love the '80s still. Yeah, they do, and they yeah, play on that perfectly. Yeah. You're, you're, there's probably what, like eight episodes in this? Seven episodes? In Cobra Kai? Cobra Kai 3. There's 10, I think, yeah. yeah and you got through five already today? I got through five. I think I'm at number five right now. That's pretty good. I like your time. Are you going to, you're going to finish it off today? I think so. I just, I'm like, you know, once you start, I'm like, I want to see you to the end. And have to. And this is where I go back. Obviously, Cobra Kai and The Stand are not the same type of show, but. You get more enjoyment out of 30 minutes of Cobra Kai than you do out of 60 minutes of The Stand. And yeah. Just... You do. Shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't be. They, they should have taken nuggets from the book, like you mentioned in the last show. Uh, Stephen King, his work shines, and you pick the best things, and you roll with that. And they're not doing that. They're picking easy things that were probably easy to film and throwing it out there, in my opinion. Yeah, Cobra Kai, it, it shouldn't be that way that it's more enjoyable than an hour of the stand. And maybe, and, and now, I mean, if they are going to do the nonlinear route, maybe they should have really just stuck with one character. Like the first five episodes are, you know, the book of Franny and the book of, you know, like just follow yeah. them up to uh, arriving in Boulder and then it starts. I don't know. But. That's, a, that's a good point. That's what they should have done. We'll do that for the next, you know, somebody will make the fandom edit and then somebody else will make the character edit and <laughs> and we'll just keep watching versions of the stand over and over again yeah we'll just keep watching pirated re-edited and licensed versions on some forum some thread that's that we did that, that's what that's what they need to do though is make it like cooler hoping now arrested development did that and it still didn't work because season four or five oh. was a non-linear and they went back and said well we messed that up maybe we should re-edit it in a the linear oh way. yeah it wasn't non it wasn't it was non-linear yeah and it still didn't quite work because <laughs> it's well. like it's like one of those things that's better in theory yeah like yeah. oh you should do this yeah. but when you see it it's it's not it's like um some people do that with star wars stuff they'll watch i've done that i've watched the films in order and it, it and it works um chronologically but as far as technology goes you're you're watching these like modern movies and you're watching these old movies and then it's super modern. It's kind of all over the place. Like they don't feel like the, the same franchise in a no. way. Unless they so that's why I liked Rogue One, because Rogue One had a seventies feel to it. Yes. They intentionally had those people their haircuts and I think they the the man had some long chops uh in the the rebel base. Um yeah. it looked like it could have fit. Special effects, yeah, it's Obviously, better than. Uh, yeah. Effects are okay. Yeah. But it blended together and it wasn't, you know, they weren't kind of doing. Um, m m the technology was still uh, the same, or they tried to make it look the same. 
Yeah, yeah, they, and it worked. And they got James Earl Jones to repl- re, you know, reuse his, uh, use his voice for that. I wonder if they... What's that? I mean, The Mandalorian takes place in that. Yeah. I call it the 70s Star Wars universe. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's like a few years after Jedi. Um, I wonder if James Earl Jones, they got him to record like thousands of lines of dialogue to use for future stuff. For when he goes, they can just keep Darth Vader alive forever. You know what I mean? Just like, just do it. Um, but yeah, it, it does have that 70s feel to it. Uh, Rogue One, which is cool. And it has the best ending of any Star Wars film. Yes. I think. That Vader scene? Goosebumps. No, I just, I, and I think, obviously I knew where it was going and it, um, the, the end, you know, but I didn't know it was actually going to lead right up into the beginning of A New Hope. But Yeah, it, it was perfect. Me. Yeah. And perfect. it made Vader scary again. I mean, yeah, yeah, it it brought back like the fear that he was supposed to have. Not the fear that Anakin Skywalker did in Attack of the Clones when he pulled out his lightsaber at the Tuscan Raider camp. But now there was but, a crybaby and the women they, and the children <laughs> too. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. I just watched. Uh, I think I told you I watched Phantom Menace recently again. That's probably the best of the prequels because it has the pod race and Darth Maul. But after that, you're like, ugh. Because I watched Attack of the Clones after yeah. that. It's uh, they're tough cells. They're tough I cells. Think, I think we got shushed in the theater for Attack of the Clones, if I remember right. By fans or by well, I can't. Now, this is me kind of mixing up, but yeah, it, it is that where um, Anakin's in the uh, in Luke's garage or whatever, and he's talking about how he, you know, killed them like animals, and not just the women, the <laughs> children too, and blah, blah, and like and. I just remember we were laughing, and people were like, just, like shut stop. It's Star Wars, come on. Like, yeah. <laughs> Guys, shut up, or I want my money back. <laughs> stop it. Oh, yeah, Star Wars. Oh, the romance scenes. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Even George Lucas to this day says that it was really bad dialogue in the, those scenes. It's just so bad. Like, he admits it's just so cheesy. And that's where I think, and you, you, they're not even, they're talking, you know, like she'll say something, he'll say, and I'm like, I don't think they're even responding to each other's lines. I think they misedited it or uh, <laughs> she's reading from a different draft. I don't know. Yeah, I don't even think they're in the same room at any point at this point. <laughs> what are they doing? Uh, it's like, it's like in Heat when De Niro's with Pacino, they weren't in the same studio, but yeah. they edited it. It's the reverse of that. They were there together, but you're like, what is going on? Going well, and he floats a pair to her. <laughs> pretends to eat. The uh, the coolest scene of the prequels is when Vader becomes Vader at the Anakin Skywalker, well, and then he goes, "No." Oh yeah, that's when you're like, the the scene you've been waiting for, and the breathing out, and like, oh yeah, they're kind of kind of cool, and then. <sighs> yeah. No. And then, yeah, you then you just start, you know, the audience can't help but chuckle. And you're like, <laughs> what did they, they just took finally a good piece of film. Right. What are they doing? Threw it in the trash. Like, the the editing is really bad after he gets his helmet on too, because they cut to him on the table. And then the music shifts to a high, like, pitch, like a doo. And they automatically cut to him halfway upright. And it, it looks like somebody just cut two different scenes together. And then he goes, no. Like, there was more you could have done with him, like, looking around and getting up and, like, 
finding his footing as Darth Vader, but they kind of just like slapped it in there at the end. But it is a cool scene initially to have him like being built. I yeah, thought it should have just cut it off or just like uh, not had him scream, obviously. Right. <laughs> they, I read something on that where George Lucas was very adamant about having him do that. Like during the production, they told him like, ah, it's better not to, to have him scream. And he was very adamant about like, no, he needs to say, say no. So, Otherwise, we won't know what he's thinking. How uh, could we possibly? Yeah, we'll be upset. We won't know. We'll be lost. I'm the director. Didn't they mess with Return of the Jedi too? I think he. I think yeah. they added a no to one of the versions. Oh, really? Rather than uh, him just picking up the Emperor and throwing him into the the, the pit, oh. uh, he actually in one of the versions I think they added no, no, or something like that. Yes, they like, did. Like, yes. I think I like, uh, yeah, I, I watched that recently. You're right. They edited, the, <laughs> they changed it to Hayden Christensen at the end too, from that original guy. Yes. Yeah, where Luke is like, "Who the fuck is that guy?" Like, what is this? That makes sense though, right? Because because Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker. Like that's how he died as Hayden Christensen. Maybe, but shouldn't Luke be like quizzical? Like, yeah, yeah, like what's going on? Right. God, who is this? That guy. And I and I do have issues with the the timeline of like how old Amperu is supposed to be because how old is she in the prequels? Twenty five, uh, maybe. Yeah, I don't remember. And it, let's say Luke is twenty five. I don't know. Sure. At max, and so she should be fifty, maybe. And yeah, she's I, maybe Tatooine's rough. It's a rough life. She's a rough looking. She had a rough paper route. Fifty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty rough. Yeah, that the the timeline in her age was pretty. It was yeah, it was sloppy. Yeah, Tatooine and, and Uncle Owen. Yeah, they're both like blue milk was not doing them their skin any favors. No, the blue milk was not helping them. Do you have blue milk in your regiment, Robert? I do not. But no. that that's actually my my only issue on uh, Rogue One is they kind of do a close up into the blue milk. I'm like, we get it, we get it. <laughs> they do. Yeah, it's like I get it. It's there. You're you're revisiting that. It's the same universe. It's blue milk. Yeah. They Might emphasize well just it. Winked as she put it down. You know. <laughs> By the way, I saw the cat stroller um, oh, that yeah. you have. I've been wrestling with get, getting one of those for around the block with the cats. Yeah. Do they actually stay in the stroller? Yeah, my cat uh, loves it. She jumps in, and so far it's too cold to bring her outside. So I just yeah. cart her around the house and. Um, right. Yeah, she tells me when she wants to to go, and she, yeah, she loves it. And I actually, I run a little bit in the house with her, and she thinks that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I that, that's cool because I saw that in the pet store I go to for like food. They have one, and the girl's always like, "You want you like you want to get it this week?" And I was like, "No, like I, I'm just here for this because I'm lazy." And I saw you got one, and I was like, "Oh, I should get yeah. one." Because that'd be fun. What's I, put that? It to, I put it to uh, Benny Hill music, and I kind of spelled. I it love out. the Benny Hill theme song that you did. It was perfect, perfect. It's like uh, Tunes's yeah. with Benny Hill. That's great. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they make a a baby carriage that looks like the Baby Yoda baby carriage. That uh, right? Yeah. Oh, could you imagine? And it and it's it like it flies somehow. It just follows <laughs> if you. I could just get this to hover. That would be great. We just get this to hover. Did. You're, did you name your other cat Murphy after RoboCop? No, so that's my sister's cat. So she oh, okay. Him. Um, it need we felt like it 
needed to be an M name, and we kind of went through some variations. I can't remember how she landed on Murphy, but no, it's not not Robocop Murphy. Because I was scrolling, and I saw, like, you said Murphy, and I was like, what? And somebody asked what the other cat's name was or something. Yeah. I was like, I wonder if that's Robocop. I gotta ask. <laughs> no. Because that would be a deep cut. I didn't think you were a big Robocop fan. Um, I was, I was thought, yeah, I liked Robocop. I remember seeing it with my dad when I was 17 in the theater and not prepared for, uh, how graphic and violent it was going to be. It's the most violent movie ever as a kid. And you watch that for the first time, you know, I had the Nintendo game. You're like, oh, it's Robocop. You watch the movie. It's so violent. It's like so graphic. It's insane. Bloody. And, and like it said, it has those memorable scenes, you know, with, um, the melting guy you know just <laughs> you don't you barely recover after that you know right no you know it, it takes a while because the whole audience is like oh yeah it, yeah it, you, that that kind of sets the tone yeah. and then from there you're like i can't no and that goes but, back to to how different it is when you watch that on your big screen t tv versus when you see that scene in a theater it's a jolt in the theater of you know people laughing and groaning and you know yeah it makes it's it a, a whole it's a totally different experience which is why we need to get these theaters back going once it's safe again you said the alamo is that the the, the chain theater the theater chains you have in the midwest um so yeah alamo actually started in texas um and so Fittingly. they are yeah, we actually have two alamos in in omaha uh none both neither currently open um, and okay. LA just got their first Alamo last year, I think. Oh, really? Um, so yeah, so Alamo is my favorite because it is a no talking, no texting, no arriving late. Car. Oh yeah, kind of like the arc light is. It's very like if you're late, you're not getting in. So and we that's good. It it, it respects the too. it respects the experience. Yeah, you uh, always have that jackass coming in a half hour late, laughing, and you're like. Ugh. We we we've seen a couple people get kicked out, and usually it's drunk people but oh really and one was during one of the star wars i think it was the um uh what was episode eight the bad one the last jedi yeah um, oh somebody so, came, got kicked out of there yeah they were in our row and i think she kept talking or something i can't remember <sighs> and then she was like a, a few people away from me but i think she was next to one of the per- persons in my party and and I think he told, and, and usually they get a warning, and she didn't. And I knew something was going on because I could see off to the side somebody kind of watching her. And then, oh, uh, in the shadows, at some point, he came over, and and she, she obviously had to get her stuff. And she, I remember she just looked at us, and he goes, "Fuck you guys!" And then, whoa, yeah. and then, uh, <laughs> and her friends was funny because her friends were like, "We're finishing the movie. We're not leaving with you." <laughs> Yeah, good so, for them. Yeah. So she had to, and this particular Alamo uh, is all done, but Star Wars. So there's a big Death Star. It has Star. It looks like a Death Star. We have an Emperor's chair um, and stuff like that. So I remember we came, we came wow. out of the screening. She was drunk, crying on the Emperor's chair. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they had this for Star Wars, or they have it there all the time? They have it there all the time. So it's a oh, really Star Wars theater. A drunk was crying on the chair. Yeah. So we have the, the whole lobby. It looks like uh, the Death Star. Why are people getting drunk at the movie theater? Well, there's a bar attached to, so and people can. Oh them. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. People I, do. I I did that before the ArcLight and Sherman Oaks. Before we saw Jurassic World, I had a couple beers, but they're very pricey. I don't know a Joker too. When I saw Joker, I had some beers. I don't know if I'd spend that much money to get like wasted. 
No. Yeah, like, I don't want to be drunk at a movie theater. Yeah, it's kind of like when people get wasted at concerts. I'm like, are you going to remember the point? any of this? I don't. I don't know. But yeah, why would you want to do that? Like maybe a college, beer. I did get drunk before I saw Halloween Five. Oh um, really? Yeah, I just I was in college and we're like, obviously I was a huge Halloween fan, so I'm not quite sure. The Curse of Michael Myers. Uh, no, that was the. This was the Revenge. Oh, the Revenge. Yes. So the uh, Revenge. But it didn't help the movie. I remember even though in my kind of drunken haze, I'm like, I think my friends were like, who is this man in black? I'm like, I don't know. Like, this is the I, don't know. I don't know. I'm going to check. Where's the Alamo out here? I want to go when this is all safe I think it's again. downtown LA. Did, have you ever seen the movie The Alamo at the Alamo? I have not, but I went to the Alamo. The Alamo oh, wow. San Antonio. Yeah, I was there for Madonna and uh, of course I had to get some shots for uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Of and, course. Um, I remember the Alamo. Yeah. <laughs> they only shot like two shots there. And the rest really? was filmed uh, actually at uh, 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 in L.A., of course. Right. <laughs> the inside of the Alamo and uh, where Jan Hooks is going through. And He's great. Can you say Adobe? <laughs> <laughs> we, we, I saw him at, um, I was watching Pee Wee's Big Adventure at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Oh, and yeah. he came out before and, and like talked about it, um, about the Paul Rubin came out and talked about uh, that movie and like how fun <laughs> it was to make, you know, because it, it holds up. It stands up like it, it's it's a fun ride. It's not like a great film, but like large Marge and all that. Like he was yes. talking about like the scenes and like that's what you want to see is like these guys come back out. Yeah. And, and like, that's a great this, like, shut up at uh, Mission and I think at Mission is it Mission Hills. Uh, so there's a mission up there. And so that's where they also yeah. shot. uh uh, parts of uh, Prince of Darkness were shot out there uh, where Donald Pleasance uh, in the beginning they, he meets a priest in the hallway and they talk yeah. by the mountain and stuff like that so and some other film I can't oh remember. yeah is that where that was that's a scary yeah. flick too by that's the way that's where Bob Hope is buried uh, up there oh cool the, the Alamo the tagline in the film was you'll never forget how ironic <laughs> most people did that's <laughs> I'm talking about the movie. It was like a huge flop. <laughs> Did you ever see it? I don't think I have. It's not bad. It's yeah. Billy Bob Thornton as Davy Crockett. You're, you're getting what you're paying for. <laughs> don't expect much, but, you know, it's kind of a cool scene. Uh, uh, yeah, Billy Bob is one of those, you know, like, I'm a huge fan of Sling Blade. Yeah, yeah, it's a great flick. And there's others. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, he's not somebody I necessarily follow, but obviously yeah. I give him a lot of kudos for sling blade he's a great actor too he was good in parkland which not a lot of people saw he played a secret service agent it was about the kennedy assassination yep. i think he's like really you really buy him he's really good like authoritative figure in that one but the alamo i want to uh i want to check out the alamo in omaha nebraska with this chair the emperor's chair and i yeah, want to cry i'll send you some pictures um yeah let's that, see that because of that rule um that's usually the only theater i go to so um we Every once in a while, they weren't showing um, a movie called Widows from a couple of years ago. Do you remember that? Viola Davis, and I can't remember who else was in it. Yes. Never saw um, it. know what you're talking about, though. And Alamo wasn't showing it. And for some reason, I thought, I really want to go see it. So we went to a different theater, and it was just chaos. No. I mean, just like one, people coming in late. People like, <laughs> I, before I left, because I said something, I'm like, are we able to do this? I'm like, it should be fine. I'm like, it's not going to be like scary movie where she's picking up their phone. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm at, I'm seeing Shakespeare in Love and, you know, like, talking. Shakespeare in Love. Sure enough, the lady in front of us 
picked up the phone and was talking during the movie. Dude. And she was, because she was saying, no, I'm, she was trying to exp- tell her people where she was sitting. And they came and they sat in front of us and then they brought out their own bottles of stuff. It was just like. <laughs> That's so embarrassing. It was. And That's so, so rude. It, so, I just, so we were in the lobby as we were leaving and we're like, never again. We don't care no. what movie it is. And I said, you should have gotten your money like, back. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is, and it was the, I think for everybody else, that was the norm. This is what they're used to is people checking their emails and, you know, like lit up phones and stuff like that. I'm just like, never again. We will never, never again. stray from the Alamo. We'd rather not see a movie than see That's it. so bad. That's so rude, too. That's, that's why those theaters like the Alamo and like the Arclight are better because you pay a little bit more money. But you're pay, you're getting what you're paying for. You're getting an uninterrupted. You're gonna find a seat, movie experience. Yeah, and a lot of other places. Some uh, special like sing-alongs and different events where they do encourage you to. Speak oh really? Or sing or something. So like, uh, one of the last ones we went to was Xanadu, and they oh yeah 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 low along and so. Uh, oh cool. Yeah, they had different things, and they usually have different props that you would during the movie. So, at, you know, when like something happens, everybody blows bubbles or. Oh, really? They actually like distribute those. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so. cool. We went to a movie. You know, I'm not going to use this joke in the air. I'm going to wait. This is in poor taste, so never mind. <laughs> I'm not. No. Okay, we'll we'll leave that. But yeah, so they they had one for The Shining, because <laughs> uh, I remember they gave out blow up axes and room 237 keys and. Um, oh, well, they really go all out. They love their movies, and I think that's why I love Alamo. And like you said, that's why I'm willing to pay more to have that experience. You know who you know who what does that on a much smaller scale is the Vista Theater in L.A.? The guy that manages it has been there forever, and he always dresses up. Because they only show one movie at a time. Yeah. He'll always dress up or use some prop from that film for, to greet people when they come in, you know, pre-COVID. Um, so, like, for... Like Alice in Wonderland will dress up as the Mad Hatter, or Star Wars will be C3PO, or something like that. He kind of gives like a little bit of a, like a nod, you know, yeah. for, for the people, which is cool. But but nothing as far as like giving out props or anything, because you you yeah. can keep this stuff when you're done. Yeah. Oh yeah. So oh, wow. I have a little. I add it to my storage of stuff. <laughs> what do they give you for when you saw Contagion? They give you like a little vial vial of a shot. I, I didn't see Contagion there. I did just re. I, as we talked before, I watched it in February, I think, before it really. Yeah, ended. you were getting prepared. And then um, I just rewatched it. I'm like, just to you know, say, hey, how how well did they get it? And they got it. And it's funny because they use words that are now. Com- they talked about social distancing in the, in the movie, and obviously, I didn't. Yeah. Think that was a part of our vocabulary until no last year now, but it's now commonplace. Uh, Doctor Gupta was on there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. <laughs> Those are some pretty serious allegations. Saying the same things. <laughs> right. It's pretty funny. Yeah, they, they nailed it, though. They really did. Yeah. Was that Steven Sondheim? Uh, so, so, uh, Soderbergh, I mean. Soderbergh, yeah. Yeah, that was him, right? Yeah. yeah he did a good job. That was Steven and, Sondheim. And this is where I go back. There was, that's a 20-character film. Um, yeah. But yeah. You, you have the right pace and you know you you know these people you you know kate winslet kate winslet probably has four scenes right but she's memorable and you you know yeah the pacing was great yeah. it was a great ensemble piece they gave the right amount of time and character development jude law the blogger mm-hmm. like you know Fulcithia. 
he it's the hydrochlorous or whatever it it was yeah for Cynthia was the hydroxychloroquine or whatever of of that contagion that's what it was we'll see if it works for Cynthia (laughs) oh my gosh that is a great flick though Uh, yeah Gwyneth Paltrow I I knew it was her I think they used the same prop from Seven for her head during the autopsy Uh, oh did they I think so I think I read that somewhere so I don't know if that's movie urban legend or if that's the truth but i think they just use that same that makes sense that i believe that yeah which makes me wonder if she had (laughs) yeah does she have a head what's going on did she i wonder if she kept the prop from seven i wonder if i would hope so like laura dern kept the one of the raptors from jurassic park yeah she kept like some some prop of the raptor. I don't know if it was like a stand-in. Uh, it wasn't anything animatronic. I think it was like a stand-in or something, but she kept it. And keep, she said she keeps it in her attic. So, like, she has like a raptor in her house, which is kind of cool. Now we know. Laura does. She's came to Omaha a couple times for a, a fundraising event. but Oh, really? Yeah. And I got to briefly talk to her. She was actually with, with Jane Fonda. And, but she, uh, she didn't, oh, that's she cool. Didn't have, she didn't have time for a pick, but. She was there for uh, uh, just a fundraiser, like she was using her celebrity status kind of thing? Yeah, so Alexander Payne uh, is, he's directed, he directed like Election and About Schmidt and Sidekicks yeah. and uh, a lot of right. films. And he, uh, he's from Nebraska. Um, so oh. uh, he, we have a local independent uh, nonprofit cinema here. So he's on the board. And so they have cool. not quite annual fundraising events. And Laura Dern came to the first one. And it's kind of like a, a Q&A, a little bit, you know, like James Lipton used to do inside the actor's studio? Of course. So we'd have questions and clips and stuff like that. So he uh, he can just uh-huh. call on people. So he brought Laura Dern in, and I think for, as the fir- first one, and I don't know if it was at the 10th anniversary, I think Jane Fonda was the guest, and then uh, Laura came just to be nice. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. Um, yeah. Laura Dern. She's great. She's great. In the Star Wars movies, where you're like, you're gonna do it my way, okay? All right, let's do it. Say something from Jurassic Park. That's how I felt when I saw her. I was like, do something like Jurassic Park. Come on, oh, you're she... like the two biggest franchises of all time. Do something. Oh, she couldn't save that movie either. <laughs> no, no, that was a bad flight. You're talking about the Last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, it was a tough one. That was a tough one to sit through. It was rough. The. Uh, care about a drunk person interrupting him because like well this is amazing. oh was that the movie you saw yeah there? yeah so i was kind of like well wow, what I, a didn't, terrible I wasn't really pissed off that i was like well this is kind of yeah funny. you're like this is okay i guess it's all right fine yeah the answering of the phone is like an extra level of hey do you do you just want to go to the bathroom in here too like just do what you got to do it's fine like let's just let me give you some money yeah, out. and nobody else seemed upset except for they, my never, never, never. Yeah. Whenever that I, happens, I was like, never. What? Somebody could be talking the whole time, and it's just passive aggression the uh, whole time. You would now. I would get that sometimes. So I, you, I went to Sundance Film Festival for about ten years in a row, and so yeah. obviously those are pretty respectful audiences. Except, yeah, uh, you get to the midnight movies, and you have a little bit of different audience. <laughs> you get the drunk people. Yeah, you get some drunk people, um, but. By that time, you're working on just a few hours of sleep, so you get kind of punchy uh, yourself. But I would think so, yeah. I remember, um, uh, I can't remember what it's called. It was, it was called Turbo something. 
uh, it, was, it was kind of a fun 80s movie, and there's some drunk people behind us. And at one point, I kept feeling this empty cup being pushed over my shoulder. What? <laughs> and he was done with his drink, and for some reason, he was handing it to me to, t- to take care of. He thought you worked there? I don't know. And I was like, because you know how drunk people are. They're like, just like, uh, you know, like. Yeah, they're like little children. Of his cup. And I was just like, I was like, no, I can't. And his, his friend was like, what are you doing? You know. <laughs> he gave it to you to take care of. Take care of it. I don't know. So it, it was at least a memorable. That's funny. What was the film? Turbo something? Turbo something. It was like one that took place. It was supposed to look like it was made in the 80s. Um, it was like not Turbo Max or something like that. But it was Oh, fun really? Film. Yeah, that's cool. Turbo Mac. Here, can you take care of a drink for me? (laughs) (laughs) Midnight movies are usually the best because audiences usually the midnight movies are always a little, a little, very much on the fringe, and you get a lot of the horror movies. Oh yeah, that's what you want. That's a fun ride. And at Sunday, and usually that time, you don't really know what you're getting into. You usually have like a, a three sentence line about the movie as you're selecting them, and you're like. I guess it looks good. Uh, <laughs> like you know? a little snippet. Yeah. And you're there like, you go. Got, there's no trailers or anything. And you just have one picture. And they're like, well, Ryan Reynolds is in this. So this looks like it could be fun. So maybe he'll show up and you go see it. Oh, that's cool. It's like a fun little game. Like you get yeah. to pick and choose what you want to see. Um, but I also kind of like that because you go in with zero expectations. And, and some yeah. are like, eh. Yeah. How many nights do you stay over there? Uh, we used to do four or five nights so kind yeah. of the first half of the film festival and uh and we depending on the year sometimes uh when i first we first went in 98 and that we bought tickets you had to mail in choose your films ahead of time so it's kind of this big deal and then they kind of became more online and then they used to have this great uh kind of waiting list system so if you didn't have tickets to a movie mm-hmm. you could show up two hours beforehand and you wait in line to get a number and you come back in an hour before the film, and you line up in number order. And if they have empty seats, they just keep letting more and more people in. So it was oh, kind really? Of a fun, yeah, yeah, that's thing. a fun, that's a fun little thing. Well, they the past the prior two years that we were there, they kind of switched it to a um, uh, all online thing. So people would like be literally sitting in their condos, oh. and they take up all the tickets, and they would never show. And oh, that's a bad of, system. Yeah, and you know. Park City is great. It's a decent sized town, but it's not made for, you know, hundreds of thousands of people descending on it for sell. <laughs> I was wondering about that because I know the infrastructure is not built for that. So is it tough to get like food there and stuff like that? Uh, not really. It's it's actually faster to have food uh, brought to you, like a DoorDash or delivered to you. Oh, okay. Than actually trying to go to restaurants. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I imagine it's a lot of it's so many people. Yeah. And we, we would stock up on food at the grocery store. So and you just kind of eat on the run nice. a little bit. We don't, we don't eat well. But. Yeah, I was thinking that because you're, you're trying to pack in as much as you can. It's probably like, let's just eat this real quick and then and go. And it, it does, I, as much as we love it, it is, it's also tiring. There's a lot of waiting in line. and Yeah. Oh, yeah, I would imagine. Uh, you're just like, you're, you're tired. And I can guarantee, I usually, uh, the next morning, the first mo- morning movie, I fall asleep, guaranteed. Cause oh, yeah, it's just, it's just how it plays out. You barely sleep and you finally sit down and it's warm and there's start nodding off oh yeah because you're in this warm comfy chair being lullabied by uh, some artsy it was, it, film it, it's been fun um it, it's tiring but you get i get to meet a, a lot of actors and directors along the way and uh, yeah it's worth the trip it's a fun experience and they get to on, meet you the online set this year so it'll be a little yeah. bit different 
Are you going to do it? We are. Um, so my sister bought some tickets, and we have to oh, think cool. we choose our movies next week. And then, um, um, but yeah, so I think I'm going to take out some days off and just pretend I'm at the Sundance Festival. And they they just stream it on the website with like the access code that I you get or whatever. Think so yeah, you get some special code and you can watch it that way. Oh, that's pretty cool. Well, I think this is going to be the time we have today. Do you have anything else you want to mention, Mr. Patterson? No, I'm good. Thank you. This was a great uh, edition of Set Jetter Saturday. We covered a lot of ground. Um, the Stand, Back to the Future, talked about the Alamo, both film, but more importantly, the, the chain, which sounds awesome. And uh, we're going to hop back on. So thank you uh, soon, I hope. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to check out uh, Robert's website at set-jetter.com. Follow him on Instagram at set underscore jetter. Did I get that right? Yes. And happy I always forget New about Year. the underscore. Happy New Year, everybody. You're listening to the podcast. Well, thank you so much for stopping by, and we will see you next time. <laughs>